the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany here on 930 AM, The Answer, where our goal is to show that we are more alike than we are different. So we bring on people with all different perspectives from lots of different walks of life. Uh, Today, I have some young humanitarians uh, on with me, uh, Farrell Clark and Josie Garcia, and they are actually at the border right now. And, you know, this is what we love to see is people who are showing the best in what we have to offer, and that is uh, our love, our respect, and uh, just a little piece of our souls every day. So, uh, Josie and, and Farrell, tell us a little bit about, tell us your, what your organization is and what you're doing. So Uniting America Outreach is kind of a brainchild of uh, Josie and I's. And what we really aim to do is quite simple. It aims to connect communities in need with resources that will help their lives, um, help them live more productive lives. So um, it's, it's kind of broad, but we left it that way because we understand that in our communities, there's a lot of different needs. And we didn't necessarily want to reinvent the wheel, but we want to make sure that we're there connecting those dots and making sure where those needs are, that there's somebody filling those gaps. Um, recently, it's led us to uh, the, the issue that's going on uh, in, ha- in uh, not in Haiti, in Mexico, where they have the Haitian migration crisis going on. And um, I'll let Josie touch a little bit on that, but that's kind of led us to where we're at now. We basically consider ourselves community advocates, and we, we answer the call for, for justice in many areas, but human humanitarian work in, in justice is just the same for us. So when we hear a call or we hear somebody that's in need, you know, we strap our boots on and we get on the ground and see what we can do to be a be of service. So I, I love that about what you're about what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about the the Haitian migration? Uh, how long has it been? What are, what is this? So what we've been seeing. Um, the National News have done, has done a very good job with letting us know about two weeks ago that thousands, like 10, 15,000 Haitian migrants descended on the border of Mexico and the United States where Del Rio meets in Texas. One thing that they didn't tell us is that this migration um, has been coming since June. When we found this out that, you know, mm-hmm. The powers that be knew that this was coming since June and did nothing to get ahead of it. Um, We felt a strong sense of duty, especially since um, the news was depicting Border Patrol agents whipping Haitian migrants. Now, um, if you know us, you know that um, Farrell and I are also um, police accountability activists, and we are also activists that are out there just trying to make sure that officials are held accountable for how they treat uh, black black people and also those who were formerly incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, those are other avenues that we work with to try to help locally with our recidivism rate and lower our crime rate. But when we saw a violation, a civil rights human violation happening at the border Farrell called me and was like Josie do you see this and I was like absolutely and we were like we have to be there within 24 hours we're on our way down with the trailer lotus that that's when the news was telling us that of these thousands and thousands of migrants who were under a bridge um that connected the United States to Mexico to Acuna Mexico 
almost 90 something percent of every woman is pregnant. There are children that are out there. Women are throwing their children across the border with the hopes that our government collects them, puts them into the foster system here, and that they'll have a better life. What we saw was a very desperate situation. Wow. Um, the news is telling everybody that the situation is gone. Everybody's you know, removed from those camps. That is not true. What's, what the fact is, is that they're in Ciudad Acuna. They're in Tapachula, Mexico. They're in these places where they're desolate. They have no money, no resources, no support. Mm -hmm. Thank God they speak Spanish, the large majority. Or they would have absolutely nothing. These people have been walking on foot for six months throughout South America, beginning in Chile. And we have word that there's 60,000 more coming. Now, when you say this has been coming for uh, months, tell the audience what you're talking about because uh, I don't think that people realize what you mean when you say that. Migration. Um, this past year, the past couple of years actually, Haiti has suffered seri seriously with earthquakes and then most recently mm -hmm. the assassination of their president. Their country is in shambles right now. They have mm -hmm. no country. They have no economic system. They have nothing. And they're trying to seek better, better life. Here in the United States, a lot of them, because they have family that are here. Mm -hmm. They actually have families who are willing to take them in and sponsor them. So what? one thing that we've been working on is trying to connect them with their, their families, but there's Chilean, South American, Latin American, Asian. We've even helped a family who's from Burkina Faso, Africa, where there's genocide going on right now. So there's these mass migration of migrants and immigrants from these countries that are war-torn, destitute, and they have absolutely nothing, and they're walking to seek freedom, literally. That's And that's what where, uh, that's what prompted me to, to uh, bring you all on is that, you know, I read that they have walked for six months, that this migration has, that they have walked for six months. So let's think about that. Somebody walked for six months. How bad does it have to be where you're walking from for you to walk to someplace else that you don't even know if you're going to be able to get in there for six months to spend six months of your life walking. Most of and us, let me not remind spend... you these, these they're, they're on this trail. The women are being violated. Men are being violated. Children are being violated. They know what's ahead for them. Imagine yeah, that we... six-month walk knowing what violations are waiting for you, and you still and yet endure you're willing that? To, because that's better than what you were yeah. facing back home. And that's something that we really need to, to uh, let sink in. Because whether you, you believe in, in Border Patrol and, and all of this other stuff we still have to believe in humans and uh and, you know, and have the empathy for that. humans it's important you say that because that's one of the things that uh we keep talking about when people uh do ask us that question of like oh are y'all why are y'all helping uh illegals and it's like it's not about legal or illegal we're not helping people to cross any borders what we're doing is helping people that are in need get resources that they need to help make their lives a little bit better. You're helping people transition. to live, Pharaoh. Exactly. You and Josie are helping people of... to live. They're, they're, you're bringing them meals when they don't have a meal. You know, those and are the like things. Said, and like she said, a lot of them are pregnant women, children, yeah. you know, and so if your heart can't go out to them and say, let's exactly. help on a humanitarian humanitarian basis this isn't a legal basis for us we're not here to argue you know the legalities of where where they can be geographical well where are their geographical location what we're here to say is that as human beings we want to do what we can to reach out to other human beings mm -hmm. and make sure that they know that someone cares and that is so very important i mean we're in the middle of a of a pandemic Let's remember that we're in the midst of a pandemic. It's not over. 
there's still a pandemic raging on and people at the at six months ago at the height of uh, at one of the peaks of the pandemic uh, decided to walk to what could only be seen in their eyes as freedom let's let's see if we can if I can make it I know I'm going to be facing uh, physical violation sexual violation I know I'm going to be facing being beat up all kinds of of uh, atrocities along the way I'm already aware of it yet I'm willing to undergo that for the possibility of freedom you know so when when we talk about having american values and and loving this country as do I I love this country there's the, this is a beautiful country then the very thing that we love that is what they seek so how can we as humans and as americans give them the boot when they are walking away from hell and seeing us as heaven how can we do that you know that's that exactly is a- it goes against if you think about it it really goes against everything that we teach that we're about exactly um everything all the way down to the statue of liberty you know, where we where we actually tell people, you know, send us your tired and your huddled masses. And then they you're come poor. and they walk six months. Mm. You're poor, exactly. <laughs> and they walk six months to get here. And they're like, here we are. And we're like, oh, no, sorry. No, way too poor for us. You know, that's not that's not the answer. <laughs> that's not the way that we we have positioned ourselves in this world. That is why we are the leaders of the free world. We are the leaders of the free world because exactly. we take in your your ty- your poor and the huddled masses. That is why, and and I don't see a, any bigger of a huddle than fifteen thousand people underneath the bridge someplace. That's a pretty big huddle. That w- I would say that that would count as huddled masses. Most definitely. <laughs> and, and even now, we still have yeah. at our main camp in Ciudad Acuna, we have about five hundred right now, and also we got yesterday that we have identified eight other camps throughout the the area of Ciudad Acuna region in Mexico. So we're heading back down tomorrow. Uh, We're taking tomorrow specifically soap. We've been, that's where I'm at now. That's why I'm I'm out on the road now because we just went to HEB, bought a bunch of soap with some donations that we got. Um, there's a an organization in San Antonio, excuse me, it's a business, um, Organically Beautiful, who is going to be donating soap. We've also have a woman who just um, heard about us from one of the migrants. One of the migrants had our phone number and gave it to her because she's a family member and she's somebody from Haiti. And she messaged us and she's sending us 500 bottle, bars of soap from um, Connecticut. So tomorrow is our operation scrub-a-dub. We're taking soap down there. We're taking loofahs. We're taking towels. Because one thing that we have to maintain in these camps, you, you know, I'm, I'm retired Air Force. I'm an Iraq War veteran. My husband's a Purple Heart veteran. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was shot by the Taliban. And despite all of that, we we know how to operate in these field conditions because that's exactly what's going on. These are field conditions for them. And hygiene and hygienic um, situations are key to stop any type of spread of diseases, any type of things that come. They're sleeping outside right now. Think about this. They are outside. We just had rains come through. They were soaked. Their items got moldy. We're trying to get tents. Um, we need tents. People are fighting over them. There's about 15, right, Pharaoh? About 15 single tents about for moms 15 and tents. children. And then there's huge ones, military-style huge ones, like two of them, where people just huddle underneath. That's not good enough. They're sleeping mm-hmm. on the concrete. Um, so where we can alleviate the, the hardship, that's what we're trying to do. Currently, um, while we're down there with Operation scrub a Dub tomorrow, we're going to be looking for a plot of land in Del Rio where we can have a hub. Because we drive back and forth three, four times a week. And it's only a two, three hour drive. However, if we had a central location there, we're going to be able to get everything in place to stage our um, 
all of our equipment to stage our donations to be able to be ready because when these 60,000 migrants come in, some of them have sponsors. And when we they have sponsors, we bring them to San Antonio or Houston, wherever their their main hub is, and then we help them with um, airfare. But we try to put everybody on air. We don't want to stick them on a bus driving to New York for three days on a bus after they've just endured what they've endured. So we've been putting them on planes, keeping them in hotel rooms for two, three days. Um, we're working in San Antonio to get houses that we can rent for our nonprofit organization, Uniting America Outreach. How are you funding they- this? How are you able to to pay for planes, plane tickets? Well, I will say food. a lot of this is done through collaboration. Um, our international coordinator that has been helping us with ling- ling- language barriers, Robert. He's been instrumental. He's an Army um, National Guardsman from New York who came down and met with us to do this work. He's also from Haiti. He came down because his brother was under the bridge, but he got deported. Um, But he's coming back now uh, to help us even further because this is a largely self-funded effort. I'm blessed to be retired military. My husband and I are disabled veterans. Um, Our home is taken care of. So you and so, Pharaoh are coming out of your own pockets yes, to ma'am, take care largely. to to we, uh, have, we have had support um, from Tommy Calvert, Commissioner Calvert. Um, he's helped us with it, our efforts here. We've had support from um, um, from TC Calvert. We've had support from from other community members who just care. Tommy Calvert and, and TC Calvert do a lot for our 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 community and really really do try to uh to to make sure that that uh efforts like this are are uh are supported uh because they realize what's happening large amount of our action is based off of our mentorship from tc calvert because he always tells us be present be about action and from the first day we met him and he said that that's what we that's what we do Okay, you gotta you you gotta love a family like that, like the whole family. Like he, T. C. Calvert's like that. Uh, Miss uh, Mrs. Calvert, Tommy's mom is like that. <laughs> like I mean, they are just like the whole family. There's not anything negative to say. Like it, they're they're all incredibly inspirational, uh, as are the two of you. You know I, when I'm listening to this and the crisis like every time I look at this crisis at the border I think I I love what you're doing because you're triaging this crisis but we also have to cut this crisis off at the head and part of that is is uh us being good stewards in the in the rest of the world as as a as a nation because people wouldn't be trying to flee to this nation if their nation wasn't uh in dire straits you know, so you have to think about the fact that that you've got another nation that's in dire straits. You've got people having to leave that nation, and they don't want to. You know, everybody acts like everybody people just want to leave where they're from and just rush over here. No, they they have literally stayed in this nation until the place was crumbling around them, <laughs> and then <laughs> decided, all right. Well, now I got to walk because <laughs> everything is jacked over here and there's no way for me to stay here. You know, if if there were ways and and certainly this is a multi you know, it 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 certainly can be answered in 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 30 minutes, but there it is something to think about that that we and to plan that that other nations have to be we we have to start looking at at other nations where where things like this are happening and figure out as a you know and and that could be a global thing that the UN is doing or or uh you know it certainly isn't something that only the United States would be involved with but but to think through the semantics of how how do we how are we good stewards to our brothers in other places, to our brothers and sisters in other places? Because uh, nobody, most people do not want to leave their nation. They're being forced to do so because of, of the poverty that's there. 
you know, and when you see the UN's goals, I believe it's the UN that has, uh, that one of their goals is to, to alleviate poverty. This, this is probably, I would, I would dare to say that situations like this are what inspires uh, that kind of language. Hey, we want to alleviate poverty. So what's the game plan to do that? <laughs> you know, is there a game plan to do that? And certainly people like you should be involved in, uh, in helping them to set the course <laughs> for what that needs to be because uh, it shouldn't be a bunch of people in suits that have not, that only go to the border for a photo op every now and then and, and uh, they get to set the policy when the people who are there uh, coming up with operations like r- rub uh, what, scrub-a-dub. <laughs> scrub-a-dub. <laughs> That's definitely a military term. (laughs) Come up with a little little slogan for something. (laughs) You know, I mean, but... but... It's helpful. It helps people remember. But one thing that we always try to focus on is every time we we bring word back, it's always from the people. Like, Mm -hmm. even in our advocacy within San Antonio, like, we always bring back the voice of the people. It's not Josie and Farrell saying, oh, this this needs to be done. This needs to be, this is what the people are asking for. And this mm-hmm. is no exception. Um, we've been in, we've been down there for two weeks now and we've been able to build such beautiful relationships with the people themselves, with the migrants who have had this journey with people like Robert who made it here himself once upon a time, you know, and, and, having their words and even the families let me paint a picture for you real quick about this family there's a family that lives in ciudad mexico they are of um, mexican descent however at one point in time they were migrants themselves to ciudad acuna it's a family um that has 10 children this family oh gosh i'm getting goosebumps this family took in a haitian family of three adult males two adult women and five children Wow. In their little one, two bedroom home. So these are the people also that were there to help because they have the heart and the compassion with next to nothing to still give, you know, still give to these people who who just need support right now. So when we're doing these efforts, we're, we're trying to support the entire infrastructure, you know, because we never want to be the ones that's like, Oh, we're going down here and doing this. No, what we want to do is be the ones that say, Hey, we're able to do this because of this infrastructure, because of these people that are helping. Um, we were recently blessed with um, a donation of $50,000 in clothes from R&B superstar Tory Lanez. Um, that was such a blessing. We took him there as a Canadian citizen who p- faced his possible deportation for even going over the border with us. He risked that to be able to see what is going on because his son is Haitian. His his son's mother is from Haiti herself. And so he said, look, I had to be here. I have to see what's going on because the news is saying that everything's good, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We've also been blessed to have support from Black Lives and Allies and Community, which is an organization here in San Antonio who is currently still doing drives for us to collect items that they need. We just have to be present because one thing every time we pull up, they tell us is thank you, God, for for coming back. Please don't forget us. Please don't forget us because nobody is helping us. Like having a grown man look in my eyes with tears in his eyes and say, please don't forget us. Having a grown man look in my eyes and cry when he sees us come back. And I say, I told you we would be back. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for Pharaoh. Every time they're so excited, he gets treated like a little mini celebrity when we go out there, <laughs> you know, because everybody's like, I think they back. think I am a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and we, it's okay. It's all right. It helps us get back and forth a little easier. But you know, you know, the thing is, is that that when you're when you're doing God's work, you're always going to shine. You know, you're always going to have ten times more shine. Than, than Shaquille O'Neal and everybody else that that uh, it combined because that that's just the way it works. You know, when you're out there, being anointed is something that is, uh, I, my husband and I say this all the time, when you're anointed, it is re- without repentance, which, which means that when you are doing God's work and you are anointed, whether you choose 
whether you choose to walk in your anointing. So Pharaoh and Josie, y'all are walking in your anointing. You're doing God's work. But even if the two of you just chose to go home and, and just put your feet up and never do anything else again, you would still have God's anointing on you. You just wouldn't be walking in it. But when you walk in it and you do what, you are, what your life's purpose is and what he has purposed for you, first of all, there's nobody else that can walk in, in, the, in this faith walk that the two of you are walking in. And, and touch people in the way that you are besides you. This path is yours. It's your path. And he's going to open up every door that needs to be open for you and give you every blessing that you need to have. When you think the money isn't coming, it will come. When you think the stuff that you need is, is not coming, it will get there. So he's going to do that. And no one else will be able to walk in that, in that space except you because he has put this here for you to do he has put your hearts right to do what's right he knows that that he put that in pharaoh and put the desire in you to get up get moving and change this because he knew you would answer his call so you know you remember that when you're going down down this road you you too are anointed to do exactly what you're doing so you know i thank Thank you you so much for that I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. Thank you so much. And, you know, and and I I like to share my little testimony every now and then where I'll tell you, you know, it happened having experienced the traumas I've experienced in my own personal life. And, um, you know, you go through things and you wonder, you know, is God really God? Is he really there? Do you know, does Jesus really exist? Like, you know, having question your spirituality and, and things like that. But one thing I will tell you is that if ever in my life I've ever had questions over this past year, I have no doubts, no further. Because mm-hmm. one thing that I do know is that we have faced hardships We have faced some insane hardships that we don't have time to discuss today. (laughs) We have faced life-threatening hardships, and we still push forward. (laughs) We get through some crazy stuff, let me tell you. And Mm -hmm. it's only because it's the hand of God that's guiding us, and I'm a firm, true believer. I'll tell you what, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once a doubter, and now I am not because I have seen it for my own eyes Mm -hmm. over this last year and i want y'all to come see it with us because we we're opening our arms and our doors to anybody who wants to be a part of this this humanitarian effort it's an international humanitarian effort and you're all invited to join us because one thing that we do we take our youth with us and the transformation we see out of our youth when they're giving and when they see others who have nothing, it's been a, a pure transformation. And, and it's so much growth has happened for them in the last two weeks. You know, I, I, I want to uh, bring my daughters and my, my husband to uh, there so we can, we can uh, help. Because as Christians, uh, you know, uh, 
that is what I am is is a Christian, and I and I make no bones about it. I'm a very proud Christian, and I believe that that the God of Abraham and Joseph uh, is is telling us to be still and to listen, and and telling us to purpose purpose our lives and figure out what what His purpose is for us because. Uh, our our one thing that we have to do in this world is choose. We that is what makes us, you know, the the ability to reason is what makes humans different from all other uh animals on this planet. The ability to reason. And God gave us the ability to choose because he wants us to choose him. We don't he could certainly make us do whatever he wants us to do, but he he wants us to choose. He wants us to make make the right decision and now is a time where where people are really being pressed to do just that. To what is it that you believe? What do you what do you want to set forth in this earth and be a part of in this earth do you want to only be for self do you want to earn more money is earning more money going to make you better i'm here to tell you it's not but if you need to learn that lesson (laughs) you know uh the earth has been swept with a pandemic we're sitting here Watching unprecedented fires, unprecedented storms, unprecedented this and that. That's a word that's tossed around all the time. It's time for people to stop and think. You know, where do you stand? What are you you willing to, to do? Because not everybody is willing to get up, get people to, to give them some soap and some, you know, people's needs, just basic human needs, drive down to the border. And uh, I heard this story about both of you the other night that you went down to the border and, and everybody was hungry. So you reached into your pockets and bought pizza, 80 pizzas for all of the people that were sitting there hungry. Now, how many people are committed enough to drive, get drive three hours, get there, have everybody go, hey, we're hungry. <laughs> and then and then drive around and figure out who's gonna who's gonna make some quick and ready uh right. pizzas <laughs> and eighty of them. <laughs> right. I, I can tell you you're a hundred percent correct because it 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 takes a, it does take a special heart. But I do believe that all of us have it in us. We do. And I I believe that, and I believe that, you know, we get so caught up in our personal lives and self, 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 and, well, I can't afford that or I can't do this, but I can tell you that every single one of us can do something mm-hmm. to further along, and not only this mission, but other missions and causes that are dear to your heart. Um, me and Josie, we started with, absolutely, we didn't, I mean, we formed this organization with absolutely no direction no just nothing we ran into each other one day i literally grabbed her and said we after city council i tapped her in the middle of a crowd and i said i don't know who you are but we're going to change the world together she looked at me and said okay let's do it i'm down and from that moment literally we have been running non-stop non-stop 13 14 hours a day doing exactly that knowing that we can never, you know, by ourselves, snap our fingers and change conditions. But each of us doing our part That's and right. connecting those dots, we can change the world in our way. And we've, I mean, it's been monumental, the things that we've been able to accomplish, the things mm-hmm. we've been able to maneuver through. And like she says, we know it's nothing but the hand of God that leads us because we've been through some crazy situations. <laughs> we literally, we literally have gone and and booked and done things where we had zero dollars to our name and we're like this is gonna happen that's gonna happen this is gonna happen and then literally last the 12th hour something comes through and we're like oh my goodness there it goes now we can get this done and Mm -hmm. you know we just keep going mission to mission to mission never questioning never asking how 
just knowing that, that if it's we truly going to be are walking, there. it's going to be there. And it's so special. far, it has been, and you know, we're humbled and blessed by the experience because I, I know for me, uh, you know, it, it's been eye opening, it's been life changing. Wow. Well, when I. I heard your what you were doing and that you just picked up and went down down to the border. Uh I thought you know, I've seen you before and I've 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 been wanting to get you on on the show before because uh I really felt like like uh you were anointed and that the two of you really um that God was going to do something mighty with the two of you um, in this earth and far beyond. You know, this is this is amazing. But I believe he's. I believe what the the most amazing things are are yet to come with with uh, the two of you. You know, uh, and and I really I I pray for you and and speak blessings on your life because on your lives because. Uh, I know he's doing when you when you're willing to give out of your own need God blesses with a with an abundance that you just can't even you can't describe you know he just he just does um and and uh, I thank you for all that you're doing for the Haitian immigrants, because just by the grace of God, the three of us and everybody that's within earshot of this, we were all born in this nation. Had we been born uh, further south, we could be the very ones at the border. You know, it's- I think that that's something that's important that people don't realize. And in and, and our work, I try to always, always remind myself of that. And it keeps me humble is the fact that anytime anybody that we're servicing, anybody that we're helping, anybody that we, you know, we're there's the only difference between us is one or two circumstances. Um, and, you know, it, it's always knowing that imagine yourself on that other side. That's right. So when people ask me, like, why would you go down there and risk your life? You go down there, you're crossing into dangerous territories, you're helping people you know absolutely nothing about. And the bottom line to me is all I have to do is put myself in their position. And that mm-hmm. answer becomes clear, because if I was sitting there and I was naked, I would want someone to clothe me. Mm-hmm. If I was hungry, I would want someone to have compassion enough to feed me. Mm-hmm. And so that's that for us is the simple answer. We don't have to know. Like I said, it's not about legalities for us. It's not about a geographical locations for us. It's about if we were in that position, would we want others to walk by and say, well, you don't belong here? Or would we want somebody to reach into their heart and say, you know what, let me do what I can to help another human being? from suffering mm-hmm. and you know remember this when people are asking you because I've had people in in my day job I work with uh, Texas Kidney Foundation and uh, I've had people ask me when we're going into poor zip codes and stuff I've had people ask me well, well why why would you you you're risking your life you could get you could get hurt you could get this and I always tell them the same thing so I encourage you to tell them this too I travel with angels I'm doing this because God put me on this earth to do this very thing. Uh, I'm not afraid of the people that I serve. Uh, I know the love that they have for their families and their children. Those people walked six months. I know doggone well they're not. They didn't walk six months so they could come and beat Pharaoh down. I don't you know, think that's the case at all. Like, why would you even ask me such an asinine question? <laughs> you know, they want to be Pharaoh down on the Domino's table. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm about on it. That Domino's table next time we're over there. You know, like they didn't come down here to uh, to fist fight. Problems. Yeah, they came here because yeah. of what they're they're seeking a better life for their 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 families and and uh their children and for themselves you know that 
that is that's called desperation to walk six months, you know, to journey six months. I mean, that is that in and of itself is a story. And to have 60,000 more people on the way, on the and same six months. If you hear the track. stories of what they go through on these journeys, I mean, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Um, a, a lot of them don't even make it through the journey. Um, a friend of mine that was with me earlier was just telling me a report of bodies that they're finding through this jungle that they have to cross through. And they've been finding bodies there because people aren't making it through the jungle. So, I mean, you don't go through all of that for nothing. Mm-hmm. There, and when we've talked to them, we actually, we were, we were blessed to be able to bring a family. This family was from um, Burkina Faso, Africa. And we were able to get them on this side of the border. And we uh, were actually able to arrange a limo ride for them to the airport. Not because we have money. I, we just happened, my uncle has a limo business. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't want people to think we're just rolling people around. But we were able to arrange for them to, to ride to the limo. We wanted to treat them nice, you know. So mm-hmm. we got a limo to pick them up. We had candies and chips and sodas, just different things in there for them. And we took them to the uh, airport. And while we were in there, Josie was translating and talking to them about their their journey here. And they were telling us about all types of stuff. It's being extorted for money, having to, you know, walk six months, barely. Sometimes they would be able to get a ride maybe from this village to that village, but then having to walk through here, go through this, you know, all types of things that they went through. And the craziest part about it was... This guy looked at Josie with tears in his eyes when he said he would do it again with no, I mean, he had absolutely no doubt that he would go through all of that again just to be here. And see, that that should tell us. That, that just says everything about this humanitarian effort. That they're, they're really, you know, people... We've got to think through the nuances of this and come up with with better solutions than than uh, just mass deportation. If we're if we're if that's where we're going, then then what are the solutions for them in in the nations we're sending them back to? Because these nations right. do not have have anything. So well, I'll give you a little working. bit. Of, I'll give well, on Haiti. I'll actually give you a little bit that most people have absolutely no idea about when they talk about Haiti and the, the destabilization and them being a poor country. So um, back when slavery was was going on, when it was prominent, not only in America, but also in other countries, uh, Haiti was one of the first countries that recognized that. that first off was in total, you know, disagreements with it. They thought it was an abhorrent practice, but they also offered any slave that made it to Haitian shores freedom. So any slave that made it to Haitian shores, they would not turn you back over to your government if they came looking for you. And you would, in fact, become a Haitian citizen and able to live and work in the country. So at the at the end of slavery, and I don't want to give you years because I'd be all off on that. Um, but at, towards the end of slavery, a lot of these countries, the powers that be, got around and they went to Haiti and they basically forced Haiti under threat of war to sign into an agreement with it with them. Whereas Haiti owed them trillions of dollars in today's money. Um, in reparations for the property that they had stolen from these countries. So Haiti pays large sums of money to different countries for these reparations for stealing their slaves from them. So when we talk about how poor Haiti is and you talk about how they, oh, I'm definitely, definitely, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it's definitely, that's history. To this day, Haiti pays a large portion of their money that they make. It's just like Africa. They have, they're rich in, in land and in product, but they're poor because everyone is taking from them. And so they pay large sums of money to these other countries just for the, the right for these countries not to come in and take their country by force. And it goes all the way back to slavery 
and, and that and what happened with that. So a lot of people don't know that. But when we talk about why Haiti's in the situation that it's in now, uh, America, France, and other countries have a lot to do with why they're in those economic situations. We've extorted them. And so, yes, we should be part of the solution when it comes to helping them get out of a solution that we ourselves helped to create. Yeah, when when you sit and think about what's happening present day, it this isn't a a um this isn't a an easy problem to solve, but it is a a problem that has to be addressed on a a larger scale than than just at the border. You know, once once people have have uh are trying to flee. It has to be addressed in, uh, it has to be addressed within the nations where that people are leaving from. Like how do we, how do we, uh, as a, as a world and as many other countries, how do we, you know, through the UN, through the many resources that we have, both public and private, how do we address some of the things that we see happening in the most uh, desolate countries? It has to exactly. be. It has to be looked at. It can't. It's not something that that uh, should be left to this. Because here we are. We we had the same argument uh, about the borders uh with the republican uh administration the previous republican administration we have the same argument right now with the democratic administration so this isn't about politics it's not about red or blue because hunger fear and being violated has no color it is not red and it is not blue <laughs> this is a, a a major problem and that's one of the things we have to start taking politics out of it Exactly. That's one of the things that damages everything. This is a humanitarian issue, a humanitarian crisis that we're dealing with, and it's being ignored and neglected because of the politics that are behind it. We have to stop looking at red and blue and start looking at me and you. Mm, ex oh, I love that. Stop looking at red and blue and start looking at me and you because that is that is 100% what has to happen in order for us to... A address the the issue of of the human beings that are there waiting with with uh, you know bated breath on on what's going to happen to them next, and then how do we how do we uh, keep them safe and give them the things that they need uh, and maintain what we need too? You know, I don't see where there's a there's so much of a of a conflict there it's it's to to me this is is something that we should be able to sit down and think through the nuances of this and come up with a viable solution i mean i just and there's got to be one uh, especially because a lot of the people that we talk to they're not looking for any sort of a handout these people want to work they want to get they want their papers that they can get to work and provide for their families. A lot of them have already come from being able to do that and doing that before. They're not, you know, coming over and trying to leech off any system. They don't care whether they're working here, whether they're working there. They just want to be able to get to work so that they can provide some type of a living for their family that's more stable than what they've had. And that's, you know, that's what, what uh, you know, many of the things, that, that as you said earlier, the th very things we believe in hard work ingenuity taking agency for yourself being willing to stand up for yourself and do the right thing for your family we believe in all that stuff and we've got uh, uh people that are, are just begging us to to let us let them in so that they can do that very thing within the borders exactly. of this this nation so we we've got to be able to to think through this problem is a difficult problem, but it is one that is, is worth putting our heads together for. Josie and, and Pharaoh, thank you for being with us today. And please tell our audience uh, where they can find you and how they can fund you. 
Thank you so much. Um, you can find us on Facebook, generally on um, Uniting America Outreach or Reliable Revolutionaries, or you can find us at Farrell Clark and Josie Garcia on Facebook. <laughs> we have a GoFundMe right now if anybody's interested in supporting our efforts or investing in our humanitarian relief efforts. Our GoFundMe is UAO, Uniting America Outreach, um, Haitian Humanitarian Relief Fund. And you'll find that on the GoFundMe. And you can visit our website, www.unitingamericaoutreach.org. And on there, there's also a donate button and videos and photos of things that we have been doing. One thing that that we're trying to improve on is Pharaoh and I are a little bit older, you know, than the than most. And social media and keeping the information out there we're trying to get better with because we're just out there on the ground we're out there doing the work but we know in order for everybody to know what's going on we have to be on point with social media so we've been working our butts off for the last couple of days to make sure that we're getting everything out there but you can see updates on our website right now well you and also to... if you want to send do we have our address on there if they want to ship something Yes, absolutely. Our, our business address, we have an office downtown, 110 East Houston Street, 7th floor, box 176. And the zip code for that, San Antonio 78205. Or you can send to our headquarters at 147 Drew Avenue. Zip code is 78220. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Uh which appears on 9.30 a.m., The Answer, and on TAN TV. That's TAN with two A's, uh, the African American Network. And uh, thank you, Pharaoh and Josie, for all of the great work that you're doing. And anybody that wants to uh, check out what they're up to, uh, please go to their website. And if you go to our website, you'll find them, our post, and... uh, and links to to their website and and thank ways you that so you can much. fund them. All right, thank you so much for being here and thank you. Thank you, for thank you so us. much. I will see you again soon. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.